Cool, guys, how are we doing? So um, uh, I'm excited to introduce um, our guest today, Mr. Ben uh, Kuma. I've been following Ben for, for ages. Um, he's actually one of the people that I used to, not used to, and still looked at as a figurehead in terms of the coaching world, um, inspiring people, driving people. And um, I've probably been meaning to ask you to come on probably for the last three years. <laughs> so, but we finally got here. Ben, how are you? Mate, I'm awesome. I'm really good. Thanks for inviting me to come on the show. I'm excited. Anytime. I love it. Um, so, Ben, um, what I like guys to do is really give an introduction to themselves um, about who you are, what you are, what you stand for, what you love in the world. Just a little intro so people get a background and then we'll dive a little deeper into those things. For sure. So I'm a high performance coach. I focus on body mind, fitness, uh, whatever it takes to get that person to be better. Uh, I'm also a coach and educator, mainly in the nutrition and fitness space. So I have a nutrition education company. We also have a supplement company called Awesome Supplements. And it all started from my journey at 18. I was obese, bullied, had IBS, ADHD, asthma, eczema. And it was that transformation of body, then transformation of mind that led me into a career of personal training. Then I went to uni and then I tried loads of different jobs at uni. I got stuck in. I worked in pro sport. I worked with kids. I worked abroad, uh, teaching fitness retreats. And then uh, within that, started my second business. Sorry, my first business when I was at uni, second year. Yeah. My second business when I was in my third year of uni, doing my dissertation. Right. And um, that led me into kind of the business world, entrepreneurship, uh, seeing the opportunity with the online space to connect with more people. Uh, so started an online coaching business that morphed into the education business and then the supplement business came a couple of years later. So 16 years in total in wow. the space of fitness, speaking, coaching and and trying to help people. Love it. That's a CV and a half, man. <laughs> so if we go right back to that very start that as that 18 year old, what was the motivation to to start training, to start to because I can imagine being at that age and having to go through all of those things. There's a lot of self-doubt going on in terms of in terms of the mind. And, you know, what I really love is watching transformations. People share these transformations on on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. And they show like where they were at the very start and where they were a year later. And I always I'm really interested in emotional connection to actually starting that process and where the courage comes from. So there was a couple of things that were happening when I was 18. Firstly, I left school like everyone else. Yeah. But when I left school, I felt quite sheltered. I've been in private education ever since I was nine, which I'm very fortunate uh, and grateful for. But I felt like I didn't have a worldview, like I'd just been in this bubble my whole life. So I wanted to get out there and get a job. So there was this kind of element of I want to take control of my life. I want to get a job. I want to start engaging in fitness and alongside that, I was also auditioning to be an actor and I was getting rejection after rejection after rejection. I wasn't getting anywhere. So there was a day where I just had to look in the mirror and it was after a bit of a heated debate with my brother because we always argue because he's the younger brother and I kind of bully and you kind of go back and forth. And um, I looked at myself in the mirror and I'm like, am I the best version of myself? Am I fit? No. Am I healthy? No. Like there's all these things saying no. So I was like, right, it's time to sort it out. If I want to put my best foot forward in life, I have to be 
in control. I need to have the best vehicle. I need to be fit. I need to be healthy. And I wasn't really any of those things. So that started my transformation. And luckily I had a strong mindset. Like I wanted to go after it. It took yes. me a while to bring together the right kind of tools to really get success. But when I did, I lost, uh, what, about 5.5 stone of body fat in six months. And then that process, what does it do? It gives you more confidence, gives you more self-belief. And then you you kind of really start that journey of crushing life. Yeah, man. So did you have a good childhood? Uh, good. Um, mixed. You know, there's some loads of great stuff, man. Like I moved a lot as a kid. I was in a military family. So we moved like all the time. Every 18 months, two years, we were on the move. Dad worked away a lot. So that was definitely, um, you know, that informed part of my character my dad not being around a lot and kind of vying for that love so there was definitely a, a chip on my shoulder in my youth there big time yeah. um went into private education at nine very fortunate because you get like a means tested place when you're in the military so yeah. very lucky for that and uh then my parents got divorced at 11 so that was that was pretty rough uh then went to live with my mum um but again kind of that that boarding school education was always like the anchor like I always had that as like a safe place so mixed like you know nothing terrible but you know probably could have been a bit better in places yeah I totally yeah I totally agree so like um, I always found that I went to boarding school like I lost my dad very early and and I was struggling to socialize at that age when, when I lost him and went to boarding school and I always found that boarding school gave me uh, a grounding for sports for performance mm. for showing up community and I always put that down to probably one of the reasons I wanted to join the military, one of the reasons I wanted to go in there. Did Was there at any point that you kind of felt that you wanted to go into the military and take take that and follow your dad's footsteps? Yes, but it was only in a period of time where I kind of lost myself. Okay. So my dad being in the military and me being in a military school kind of made me hate the military. Yeah. And that was only because it kind of was, it felt like it was really forced down my throat. Every day I had to get up polish my shoes like and as a 13 year you don't want to do that at 13 like it's just you want to play you want to have fun you want to play sport you want to chase girls yeah so the environment made me hate it but then I left school and went to uni it was after uni where I'd started my second business and it just wasn't taken off in the way that I wanted or expected as you do and it was at that point where I was like right I've not really got a home with my parents living in it because my parents were living abroad in Abu Dhabi um didn't want to move to Abu Dhabi because the fitness industry was nearly non-existent. I went over to Abu Dhabi to check it out and it was like three gyms. It was like, oh, okay, this is a bit weird. Um, so at that point I was like, well, I could just go into the RAF as a PTI. Uh, and luckily I applied, um, couldn't really meet, meet the, the run test. It was really hard. It was like Wait. eight minutes, something. Oh, okay. the run yeah. Test. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. the hard one. And I was like, I just, my legs just do not physically move fast enough. And then actually the RAF, um denied me a place because i traveled too much they said i was a terrorist risk um weird terrorist uh, so, risk yeah <laughs> for all out. the travel i'd done because i traveled a lot as a kid i'd done like thailand vietnam like singapore i've been like a lot of places because i went backpacking when i was 19 yeah so um yeah that was the nail in the coffin i got those kind of like two rejections and it was like right this isn't my path i'm done do you do you sometimes think there's a, like a universe saying this is just not meant to be like, I'm just not meant to go down that military. I'm like, I, when I left the military the first time, I, I tried to go back a month later and I went into the careers office and said, look, I've been out a month. I need to go back. And we went through this whole rigmarole where 
like I signed for my military papers to go back in and I was due to go back in in three weeks and actually phoned up and nobody had heard of me or me going back in. And I ended up, uh, it ended up getting to the point where I, I didn't want to go back in and some things just happen for a reason. I like, I don't know, like that's going probably a little bit deeper, but I, do you ever feel that um, if you had gone into the military, it, you would have really seen that as a mistake? I don't know. I am an individual that will always try and take the positives out of any situation. Yeah. I will always try and learn. I'll always try and experience things. I think if I'd have got into the military, I would have put my hand up for every opportunity. I would have pushed to travel. Yeah. I probably would have tried to get on like um, the team with the RAF, like rugby team or something like that, been their nutritionist and their strength and conditioning coach. So I think I probably would have had a lot of fun. Yeah. But I, I can imagine I would have been in there three, four years and then I would have been like, yeah. I'm butting heads against the system here. It's, it's my time. Yeah. But I think we would have got some stuff out of it for sure. Yeah, definitely. So on to you and you went and yeah, was it the second year you mentioned you, you started your first business? Yep. So and what was that? That was called yourdietadvisor.co.uk and it was basically online nutrition coaching with a form of testing yeah. tied into it, which was sort of becoming popular at the time. I love that. And what made you want to do that? Like, like what, what was the inspiration? Where did that come from? So I went backpacking at 19 and I just caught the bug for traveling. Loved it. Like I, I was just like, why would you not want to spend your time experiencing cultures, foods, people, experiences? And it made me grow a lot because I was quite, I want to say a weird kid. I was like, I had really bad communication skills as a kid because I was bullied so much. So I always felt like I was trying to impress people rather than connect with people. And traveling taught me how to connect with people. So I kind of got a bit addicted on like a personal front. Yeah. And when I was in uni, when you're in uni, you get kind of like you get anchored to uni, right? You've got to spend three years doing your thing. And even though I traveled a lot in the summer, I was like, I don't want this. I need freedom. Yeah. And that made me really connect with the word freedom. So throughout my kind of career journey, I've always sought freedom. So entrepreneurship gives you a level of freedom. Having an online business gives you a level of freedom. Money gives you a level of freedom. And that's why I sought out trying to have an online business, because it would give me those things. What does freedom mean to you? Like, what feelings of emotions and, and, and what happens to make you think? How does it live your life? What, like... If you can give people a description of what freedom meant to you, what would it be? So it'd be largely being able to control my day. Now, I can and I can't with that, but I have to be happy with the things that I do in a day because I created the business. So the business demands things of me, but I created that. So I can't be unhappy with that. Okay. So, you know, I want to be able to kind of wake up when I want, like if I want to start work at eight or 10 or nine or six, like I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to work out in the middle of the day if I want to or take the afternoon to play golf. Like, you know, I can do that within uh, certain, you know, within a certain degree. Um, and then if you're good in business, that brings a certain amount of financial freedom. And I don't think anyone would not agree with me that that is a good thing in life. Um, and when you're in business, you kind of feel this sense of freedom where you can move into a new direction if you want to. Like if I'm unhappy over here, I can kind of pivot over here. So I was unhappy after I'd done five, six, seven years of coaching. I was like, I'd like to go into education now and we're able to morph the business and kind of move it along. So those are those 
senses of freedom that I saw. I love that. Handicap in golf? Don't even know what that means. I just play for a bit of fun. <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, and and so the second business, then in the third year, uh, dissertation year, you set up another business. And so what was that? Was that some form of PT? That was uh, what is the BTN Academy now. So that was okay. the same. It was online nutrition coaching. But from the first business, I learned a lot about providing a, the right product for your customer the right kind of branding that transmits your values. So I kind of just got it all wrong the first time, had to scratch that off. And I then created a business that that worked over time. I love that. And and how old were you at around this time? You said 21, 22? Went to uni at 21. So first business 22, second business 23. Okay. And that's quite young, isn't it? Like these, like back then, it's like when I, when I who's the guy who runs the um, diaries of a CEO? I remember Stephen him, Bartlett. Yeah. So I remember him talking about leaving university and then going on to set up his business and a lot of the fears that he had in there. And I imagine always imagine, I always look at my 21, 21 year old self. And I don't think that I could have come up with the business at that age. I think the military created me and who I am. I think I was a different human being at, before the military. So did you, when you set up those businesses, did you go through what lot many entrepreneurs do and go through that element of fear, overthinking, or because you were quite young, you were just like on fire. Let's go. Let's find out what, find out where this is going. I saw starting a business at 23 is no risk. And that was because I was at uni, had the stability of a grant. I worked a lot. Like at some points at uni, I had five jobs. So I was never short of cash because I worked hard. So it was like, well, what's a website going to cost me to set up? Okay. It's going to cost me three grand because I use an agency and it's going to cost me a bit of time. And it means I'm going to have to work an extra two, three, four hours a day building the business. So I didn't see it as a risk. And, you know, sometimes people look at the prospect of starting a business as really risky, but like do it in the evenings, do it on the weekends, do it in those quiet moments. And then when you start to get some success, that's when you can say, shit, I'm going to go part-time in my job now because I'm bringing in a grand from my side hustle. And then you slowly make that, that transfer. So yeah, I didn't see it as a risk. Like, don't get me wrong. It was hard. It yes. was three years before I could go full-time. Yeah, I didn't see it as risky because I was willing to do the work to support the long game. Yeah, I get it. And I think like when we get older and we have kids and we get married, there's a lot more risk, right? There's a lot more, a lot more to think about, a lot more worry. Um, yep. And one thing that I often find with a lot of lads that we listen to is that um, they're quite unhappy in their job. So I kind of find that the majority of lads that we've worked through, they go through that 20 year old and then they find the person that they love. They settle down, they get married, they've got a mortgage. And then all of a sudden they're in a job that they didn't expect to stay in. And they have to almost stay in that job and become very unhappy in the process. Hmm. And many of them don't actually do what they want to do. So you must have found that as you evolved through your 20s, working for yourself, you must have found that actually when it came to your work, your passion, your drive, your desire, did, did that must have, was that always high or did that dip at times? Or have you ever sort of fallen out of love with being an entrepreneur in your business as, as you've evolved? I've only fallen out of love um, year 2017. I had a very difficult year where I, was getting attacked an awful lot by an individual. Um, and it was very problematic for our business. We lost an awful lot of money. Yeah. I, you know, became very reclusive, depressed. It was very challenging. And then we nearly 
went into bankruptcy. So I had to have that fight to get us out of the hole. So that was very uncomfortable. And I kind of almost on days wanted to be sucked into a black hole. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to go down that way. So I fought the whole way. And then the last two years, last two years have been very difficult. Pandemic, had two kids, uh, had long COVID for 14 months. So oh. there was just like a lot of shit to deal with mentally, emotionally, physically. Um, and I've taken a lot of the positives out of that now. Like I'm now starting to reorientate myself. I've been who I am in the business world and fitness for a long time. And I'm now starting to morph that into to something else and realign the kind of mission. So, yeah, I think we all go through those phases, but they're natural. And the best thing you can do is have the right kind of people around you to help reorientate yourself and not feel alone. Yeah, def- I agree. And, and that's something that we preach an awful lot, I think. Um, you're the product of your peers around you right and and the people that pick you up and the people that redirect you um and i and i think i mean if you think about the time from from that period of that incident uh, that you're talking about and going through covid what what do you think you've learned most if you could choose the top three things that you've learned most about yourself during those periods of hardship um what would they be um and and do you think you've grown coming out the other side of that pandemic and that incident that you spoke about. Yeah, definitely. So the first thing is uh, becoming way more patient. So having kids being ill, like it taught me to slow the fuck down um, because I couldn't keep going at the pace I was going at because it would have made me ill for even longer. So my illness I felt was teaching me to slow down. The second thing was what's really important with how to spend my time. Um, and I think when you own a business and you then have kids, you have to really, really focus, right? It's like, you can't spend four hours a day trying things anymore. Like you, you don't have that time available. So it's like, right, I'm working six hours today and I want to know that there's an ROI on every hour or everything that I'm, I'm doing. So I think it really sharpens your chisel in the business world. Um, and then the third thing was like, I got regrounded on how valuable basic levels of health was. Like I spent nearly two years waking up every day feeling fucking terrible, headache, sore, depressed, fatigued. And all I wished for was just to wake up and feel relatively normal. So that kind of real basic level of health, I really respected again because I just I'd had it because I'd looked after myself. Don't get me wrong um so yeah there'd be my three things when you went through those hardships when you weren't well what got you through it knowing that I have a family that need me knowing that I do have a lot of people watching like you know got a half decent following online people have followed me as a health guy for a long period of time um that I knew deep down that there would be lessons from it like it's hard right now but I will grow and become a better version of myself. And that's hard to accept when you're in the hole, but it will happen. It is there. Um, yeah. I think with, um, I, I find that for a lot of lads um, coming out of the back of COVID or going through COVID, I think identities have been changed. Um, mm. I think, I think um, through hardships, resilience is built through adversity, robustness and resolve breakthrough and but what we also see is the flip side of that for a lot of guys where it actually crushes them it feels like a big weight carrying around a huge burden um and and one of the things is constantly we talk about showing up at one percent a day like you know it's it's this 
big overwhelm thinking I want to change my life. I need to get back to being this, this individual that we, that we've built up inside of our heads. And it's sometimes patience. I'm really like, I love that you said patience because patience is key, right? I think change for an individual almost takes a year in terms of rewiring, depending on how long we've been in that mindset. And I think through COVID, so many people lost who they were, lost direction, um, lost emotional connection. But I think we gained in terms of what was important. Do you think that since COVID has finished, we've almost gone back to default and maybe slightly forgotten actually the values that we built up through COVID, the, the emotional connection to our families, to our loved ones, what was important? Do you think reality has punched us in the face quite hard? I do think reality has punched us in the face hard. I am always wary of this conversation because everyone has such different, unique circumstances yeah. and contexts, right? Yeah. But what I do think's happened is somewhere for most people, like elements of your life has changed on so many micro levels that it's actually built up to a lot. So like for me now, I've always worked from home, but now I never travel like anywhere. Like I don't do the big conferences anymore because there's hardly any on and all that stuff. So I don't travel and I don't get inspired anymore. I've got two kids, so it's a lot harder to get out and go on holiday. Um, time's really short because I've got two kids and you've got to get them up in the morning and put them in beds and all the rest of it. So I kind of spend a really long period of time at home. Yeah. Um, and you just add all these tiny little things up and it's like, actually, where am I getting re-inspired in my day? How often am I meeting people that inspire me? How often am I just getting that movement that kind of makes you think differently, like the commute to work? How many people no longer even have a commute to work? So it's like... You don't even get that really mundane thinking time or listening to shit on radio too. like all of that stuff gone. Yeah. But we, we don't see it because that had to become the norm and it's become the norm now. So it's like now people are like feeling a bit stuck, a yeah. bit pissed off, a bit agitated. And we're not really figuring it out because it had to become the norm. And a lot of things have changed and we've had to accept a lot of stuff. But actually, it's those things, it's movement in life, it's conversations, experience that actually make life feel quite dynamic and engaging. And I think a lot of our lives are less dynamic and less engaging now. So, yeah, I agree. And and I think we have to be, and, and as coaches as well, re-educate, but also inspire as well a lot of the time in terms of, in terms of routines and structures and things that we can do to, to get that engagement. So, uh, we have a thing called SRS and it's about building up your structures to build up your routines to, and, and building the system to connect the dots. Do you have particular structures, routines and systems that are non-negotiable? Like these are things that uh, without fail, these were things will get done, i.e. maybe a morning routine, maybe an evening routine, maybe phone management. Are there things that you do that, that, that control that activity, that mindset, that, that fire in the belly? There's only a very small amount of things first thing is is getting a good night's sleep so i'm in bed pretty early i try and get in bed for like nine quarter past nine half nine um because i might get woken up in the night by my daughter and you know i want a good chance of getting a lot of sleep second thing is is cold showers love them um have my normal hot shower and then do like two minutes at the end i would do an ice bath but it's a lot of admin now so i've got a big old waterfall shower so i just kind of use that love it. third thing is continuing to always eat well um you know it's the fuel for life right uh try and move exercise doesn't have to be structured i can't always do the structured thing the weight training whatever and i've only recently got back into it after having long covid anyway but moving getting outside okay. um 
And then the the last thing is, is having periods of time in my week where I'm on my own without work, without kids, without anything. My wife knows this because like, that's how I recharge. I'm naturally an introvert. So if you said, oh, do you want to go and play golf by yourself or go down the pub with 10 people? I'm like, can I play golf myself and drop in for a beer for half an hour? And then I'll nip home. Like <laughs> that's how my kind of mind works. So I, I do need that personal empty recharging time. Yeah, I'm 100% the same. Like I would choose exactly the same as you. And I think, I wonder if, and and and, and I wonder if that is just us as a personality um, or whether maybe over time we've slowly withdrawn ourselves from being social, maybe putting ourselves on the line. Do you think maybe that's that's happened? Are you, I think there's you- a couple of things there. I think men and women are naturally different there like my wife would love to go and have a natter with five people in a bar and whatever and I'm all right with that for a while and then I'm like I just want to not talk to anyone and just recharge I think depending on the man and the responsibility I think that quiet time is freedom from having nothing being asked of you because men naturally feel a responsibility to their family their kids the home the security the money on the food on the table so actually just having time where you're like whoa ask nothing of me. Don't ask me to think, especially if you're in business as well, when you've got, you know, I've got 10 staff, like, of course, I'm concerned about their welfare, you know, all the rest of it. So I think that's kind of a factor as well. Um, And also, with our ever connected world of social media, it's that kind of time where you're like, I'm just not connected to anything. Don't have to be or consume or digest. I'm just on my own presence or even if it's for a walk in nature without my phone for half an hour like that's enough freedom to just almost disconnect from any responsibility or thought you might have in the day yeah and it's, uh, uh, that's something we definitely prom- like promote massively i think it's good for mental health massively to be clear-minded clear away from everyone um so listen i i wanted to ask you about a couple of things in terms of um so some of the things that three things that I we just come back from holiday and we've been back a couple of weeks and one of the things I realized for myself I was becoming quite insecure um I'm, I'm, I think I'm naturally an insecure person anyway and it kind of it stems from my dad dying very young and very and, and that need to make sure that everything's going to be okay um and I recognized that there were three key triggers and that was the news that was porn and that was social media in terms of consumption of those things that were creating um like we spoke briefly before about um how it affects our business how it affects my relationship with my partner and other people are there would you say triggers in your life that maybe make you feel things like that are there things that you desperately try to avoid that can that actually sometimes can influence your decision making or your thought process. Ooh. <laughs> Deep. Deep. Yeah, I'm just it's one of those things where you almost want to unpack that for yourself a little bit. Um in terms of I think distance from social media is an important thing for me. Um I being bullied at school I naturally like compare myself a lot to other people and it's something that we do naturally as humans anyway and I think it's completely unavoidable so I think it's about can can kind of controlling that so if I put like a bit of content out online and it's it's not that good I'm thinking oh okay why wasn't it you know that good I you know I might not be able to easily let go of that and then I'm scrolling and then I'm seeing other people's stuff and then I'm in a bit of a rabbit hole in my brain with like comparing and analyzing and, and I'm kind of questioning too much rather than just being able to say, okay, 
maybe you just didn't get that bit right. You know, tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. You know, try a different kind of angle. So I think social media, I, I have to kind of control that. Um, and if I was to, we talk, we spoke about this on my podcast the other week, where like if you could delete a, a social media channel, which one would you delete and why? Uh, and I said I'd delete all of them apart from, and I think I said Google, I'd keep Google, I'd keep blogging, and I'd keep YouTube. And that's because I love long form content and I love the nuance and the context that it gives. And I hate this kind of 60 second world where we're all trying to get life into 60 seconds. And it's like, fuck you. You just can't do that. that. And people are trying to piece life together through these 60 second snippets. And I'm like, we're we're losing this battle. We're losing this war you know and yeah that was so yeah social media i love it <laughs> just fucking get it out get it out I th- yeah i agree you know um i know like a lot of the platforms are like 60 seconds 60 seconds and sometimes like i'm i'm like gasping for air because i'm talking so quickly because I, I and sometimes i hate that like i do my show and my shows are like 10 to 15 minutes long and i love that because <laughs> just having a conversation with what's going on in my head really through through, through our shows and and I think it, it allows people to listen more and communicate more. Everything's so quick and fast. And it, how you do anything is how you do everything. So people are consuming quick content. They expect quick results. And, and it just disappears. How do you feel being um, in front of so many people? Like, uh, over the years, how have you managed to deal with, I guess, critiques, um, uh, do you struggle with imposter syndrome? Have you built confidence through your videos? How has that relationship been with you being such a, an influence for many people? I kind of feel like a bit of an imposter now in a way. And that's because I'm largely still seen as like a nutrition guy, fitness kind of guy. And I don't really see myself as that anymore. Um, I see myself as something that's broader, that's deeper, Um and has a slightly different mission. So I feel like an imposter in my current suit online. Now I'm trying to change that and I'm figuring that out, but there's quite a bit to kind of piece together. I feel people feel imposter syndrome when they're essentially not in the right place for them. Um, But they also lack intrapersonal confidence. So I say I've built up a lot of confidence over the years with my ability to communicate you know, share knowledge, simplify, etc. So I've never had a problem there. And I think my background in acting sort of developed the presentation of that information quite nicely. So I kind of paired those two things together. Um, now, what was the other part of your question, apart from imposter syndrome? So, like, um, so how do you deal with, I guess, like we all know when we put comments up, we get we get the the uh, the trolls. They love to have their fucking say at eleven o'clock at night with the tinnies, right? Like calling you an absolute you. wanker. Like at first, I, I imagine that you probably handled that quite well now. But I guess in the early days, is that something that used to trigger you? Um, it did. I it only triggers me when it gets personal. Yeah. I am more than happy to be critiqued, challenged, people, you know, share research or whatever, because it's an opportunity to learn. Quite often you can win that person around and actually say, oh, well, hey, buddy, actually, I think we're like in 90, 99% agreement here. We've just got this 1% out of alignment and let's just, you know, call that indifference or whatever. So 
Um, I was doing it last night. A, a, a bit of a video went quite well, and it was all about my daughter's breakfast. And people were like, "Oh, you're an idiot for recommending a microwave. You're melting your kids' brains, or you know, all that kind of stuff." And I'm like, "Hang on a second. Let's talk about some science." And you know, I've got no problem with that because I know the science is yeah. behind me and stuff. I think the only time I've potentially kind of really felt that is potentially when I've not thought something through enough, and I've probably put put something out there a bit early. I haven't quite thought, thought through the nuances or I haven't considered a certain population that might be maybe offended with that kind of, you know, slant or angle that I've taken. And then it's kind of backfired a bit and I've been like, oh, probably should have kind of run that through a bit of a filter. Yeah. So that's when I've been almost like regretful of, of kind of taking that move. But, you know, we have to see negativity as an opportunity to grow. Uh, I've always kind of felt that in business. So I've, I've just always taken it on the chin and 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 almost used it as fuel to to make that next step and been honest when I've fucked up online I've put a video up the next day and said I fucked up yesterday I saw something of you doing that once I can't remember what it was though I'm sure I was watching a video and you were apologizing to people and I I don't know what it was about was that was that you does that sound familiar Yeah yeah I've probably done four or five over the last 10 years yeah. like it's not a frequent thing but like I'm more than happy and I'm just like me, I I got that wrong, people. I'm sorry. This is what I've learned. This is what I'll do better in the future. Um, and I, you know, a that's the right thing to do. Yeah, man. B, it builds trust that I'm able to say that with other people. Yeah. Um, and C, it's the fucking right thing to do. Percent. <laughs> it's human. It's human, isn't it? Yeah. Like if I offended someone in the street or my family or friends, you'd go and say, "Look, I'm really sorry about that." Mm-hmm. And it and I think it shows a a higher level of self-awareness in terms of of that you know a lot of people would be driven by their egos in those situations where they're like i'm fucking right and like you know do you know do you know what i mean and i mm. think i think that shows re- really great awareness um so in terms of direction um do you have a mission in life do, do, do you have like this bigger picture do you do you know where you're going how old are you now 36 so are you do you have like I don't know, a five-year vision, a 10-year vision, a three-year vision. Do do you go that far ahead? How far do you go ahead? Yeah, I've got a five-year vision um, on kind of like a business level and an orientation level. In terms of the mission, the mission is about inspiring people to be the best version of themselves. And a lot of my kind of branding and imagery is around this word awesome. I want people to be the most awesome version of themselves underpinned by that is this thought process of self-leadership i want people to take control of themselves and lead themselves period um how that's formulating itself at the moment isn't in true alignment with where i want to be so that's that transition that i've mentioned and i can't give you any more clarity because i'm working through this stuff on kind of a personal level at the moment yeah but broadly speaking that's what is my jam and it's all because at the age of 18 i started that journey and it's been extremely rewarding, extremely fulfilling. I've done everything I've wanted to do. I've got a beautiful family. You know, I'm safe income wise. I've got a beautiful house. I live in a lovely part of the world. Like all of that shit's great. And I want people to go on that journey, not in the same way, but in their own way to have the things that they want out of life and be the best version of themselves. I love that. That's great. What's Ben's personal mission? like non-business related. So for you, you personally, what's your mission? For me to get up every day and have freedom of thought, freedom of choice, freedom of body, freedom of mind, 
Uh, and to be in control of my own journey, I don't want anyone else pulling my strings. I don't want to be a puppet to anyone or anything. So that's deep down at my core, that kind of guiding word is freedom. I love it. And do you really fear anything that, uh, right now? Is there any, do you, do you have any fears? Is the fear of failure or fear of judgment or fear of things not working out? Is, do, do you carry any of them? Do they affect you on a daily basis? How do you deal with them? I think the fear now is that my business is getting quite big and it's going to get a lot bigger over the next five years. The fear is the risks are a lot harder to take because you are spending large amounts of money. So as an entrepreneur, you might spend six or 700 quid on a little ad campaign. You know, we're now dropping 15, 20, you know, whatever checks like we launched a product into market last year where we had to put up 60 grand. We've never put up that amount of money on a product line before. And it's not quite working out the way that we wanted to. Like we're probably going to lose money on that line. Um, so it's those kind of decisions where I'm like, I'd really like to get that stuff right because it really holds back kind of process, uh, potential yeah. uh, and progress. Hopefully I've got the right kind of people around me. I've got a good board now. I've got a four person board that in business can kind of help me with those decisions and stuff. So they're the kind of only fears because like in business, you're like, and you'll always have this, you've had a certain amount of failure and they're like, I'd really like to get this next couple of years right. Okay. 100%. I Oh my God, I literally get where you're coming from, 100%. And it is that process, right? It, it, being an entrepreneur brings an inner resilience that unless you are one, you really don't like, sometimes I feel like I'm banging my head against a brick wall. And then some periods of time you think you're absolutely winning. And then it's like golf. Sometimes you're playing the best you've ever played. The next game you played the worst you've ever played. And I think it brings so much uncertainty. And I, you know, I like we spoke before and the media does not help at all. Like I, I sometimes, and I think it can really influence how people's behaviors are it, not just in our business, but like people in cafes, people who are running restaurants, people who are trying to set up stores. And there's an awful lot of uncertainty. And I think there's an awful lot of things that we can control. And there's an awful lot of mindsets and implementations and emotions that we can control to drive us forwards. But there's also those things that we're fighting against. And I think that's where that resilience and res resilience come in. Do you think your resilience is built up since that 2017 incident? Oh, God, yeah. I'm, I'm very resilient. I trust myself. Um, I've been through some dark times. Like 2017, I remember my accountant ringing me up and he was like, mate, you need an extra 25 grand in the next month for like your toast. And I was like, shit, like, what can I do? Like, and I know that I've had my back up against the wall in, you know, in a bad way and I've had to react. So if I can do that, I can do most things. And I've got way better people around me now. I've got way better knowledge, way better resources. So I just, I just genuinely trust myself. And I think that's a beautiful place to be in. Like if you can be in a place where you trust your ability to get out of the situation, then put your foot forward, put your best foot forward, give yourself time, cut yourself a little bit of slack because that undue level of pressure actually isn't going to serve you. It's probably going to make you make slightly short-term slash bad decisions. So trust yourself, ask the right kind of questions of yourself and the people around you and you'll, you'll, you'll get there. I love that. And, you know, when I listen to you talk, and this is what I say to a lot of my guys, whether the business clients or whether they're men clients, is that, 
this shit takes time. Like, this is not like, there's not a solution when you wake up tomorrow morning. Like, if you think about everything we've spoken about in your life, you've got to this point in your life by being on the battlefield, right? And and being in the trenches and dealing with the, being your back up against the wall and fighting back and, and learning and evolving. And we got to the, you got to the 36 year old Ben Kuma now who, who's resilient, knows what he wants, knows where he's going. And this is what I try to explain to lads is that there's always going to be shit. There's always going to be something. There's mm. always something around the corner. And that really is never going to change. But I think the quicker we can learn to flick that switch that's in here, the quicker that we can, like what we call an elite operator mentality. When we switch that on and we show up and we're the leader to ourselves, to lead the people around us, to lead the situations and the environment, it makes us a stronger human being. But you have to do the reps. And that doesn't mean like, that doesn't mean go out and look for shit. That means like, look at what you've got around you and, and put perspective on it. I always, you know, I, I always think about a man who's just come back from war in World War II, spent five years in Europe fighting and everything that they've seen. And I wonder if I took that man who is 30, 40 years old and brought him into this generation and asked him what he thought about the things we get so upset with and the things that we get distracted with, what advice he would be or whether he would just go, you don't know the meaning of and of hardships and i one of the biggest things i'm one of the big thing i'm huge on is really putting into perspective what is hardship like what is stress what is um uh, emotional distraction what is things that cause us to, to stop showing up and what i love about your journey is that you've gone through so much adversity and you still you fucking come back every single time like long covid stress with the business finding that money back up against the wall but it's the one thing you've done the whole time is show show the fuck up over and over and over and over again and that is what we have to make sure that we get through to people and and i just want to say thanks for sharing your story like with us you know it's uh it takes i think it's great number one you can be so open and i know that a lot of guys will draw a lot of strength from your from your story and your strength and your resilience to get you to the place that you needed to be. Um, I just wanted to finish with a couple of questions. What would you say to date your biggest... Before you, before you do that, can I just pick up on something I think it's really oh, important that will help yeah. with men's mental health? Please. Within that, I think there's an issue with what we choose to remember. So when you're building a business, you're an entrepreneur, it's all like scrappy and you're working hard and like everything ahead of you seems kind of okay because you're used to this scrappy hard work all the rest of it and then it takes off and then things become easier you're getting some success and all the rest of it and you forget those scrappy years because everything's better cash is coming in all the rest of it so when you hit slightly harder times your memory isn't of all of that scrappy stuff because you've wanted to forget that you've moved forward you're in this kind of honeymoon still of like things are going well and I've got some cash coming in and all the rest of it so that's where we get frustrated and impatient because you've hit a slower period you've got to readjust and I think mentally people find that really difficult I find that you know difficult at times and it's been a lot better now I've gone through this last two years and I've been forced to really look at kind of my pace of life and what I can achieve but that's why I think there's incredible perspectives from people that have been like away at war yeah and they come back to normal life and they're like trust me boy this is nothing because their memory is so powerful of how life once was when it was horrible that life now is still absolutely beautiful in comparison because they're choosing to remember 
that period of time and they're going to basically say anything is better than this yeah so when men are feeling that kind of like oh things aren't going quick enough or whatever just check what you're benchmarking against yourself too because it's probably quite an unrealistic honeymoon period of your life agreed like we have wristbands the thing one of our sayings is what's the alternative and we always talk about what that alternative is so like we always we've all got our dark spot right like you know like when i left the military um i i massively struggled for three years i i, I lost my identity i lost my purpose I, I didn't think i was gonna go through all of that and it got to the point on in november 2012 when i sat down with a ton of pills and whiskey and like for me that was it i was ready to like end it and for me that is always that the alternative for me so like that that memory is always like in here in my head so whenever I think about a problem or something arises I think to myself I'm not in that place I'm not in that state for me it's my perspective bubble it's my default that I go back to and I think you've come you've got through that you can get through this and and like what you've just mentioned there it's always, I've got two options. I've, I've got a choice that I can be that guy on the edge of the bed, in the room, cold, freezing with the pills and the whiskey, or it could be the guy that's making difference to the guys. And, 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 and I have to do all those little micro things that we spoke about, all those 1% wins to make sure I'm, I'm the leader of me to lead these guys and to lead the guys out there as well. And it's, and it's always, it, it's, I can never get that, um, I can never get that picture out of my head of that dude on the edge of the bed, you know, who was lost, who nearly like I'd be, I'd be, I think 10 and a half years dead now. And that's mental to think mm. like my, there wouldn't be two little girls in there. There wouldn't be this house. There wouldn't be a wife. My, my kids would have grown up without me. I like, I grew up without a dad. And that's always the alternative for me. That, and that's, I guess that's what I base every situation and whenever I face hardship I always go straight to that guy and go you're not that guy anymore you're this guy and it's that identity and I think it's really powerful when you tap into it when you when mm. you find that little that little alternative bubble you go Let, let's 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 smash this let's mm. let's you know one life I see how quickly like Mondays just come around quicker and quicker and quicker man and I'm just like how can it be Monday already mm. and I just and I, and I think that's my fire and my passion, you know, like I love your t-shirt. They're being awesome. Like they're fucking every Monday. I'm like, everyone, everyone's like head down, feel sorry for themselves. I'm like, your fucking branding's great. There's like, let's be awesome. Let's show the fuck up. Let's do it. Let's change that attitude for once in our life. Just, just do Mondays. Every Mondays don't accept it to be shit, accept it to be mm. amazing. Um, so yeah, really good point as well. Um, I waffled on there. Um, what's your <laughs> biggest achievement? Ah, oh, two beautiful, healthy girls. Good. Love it. Love it. How old? Two and a quarter and eight and a half months. Amazing. God, yeah. I've got yeah. a one-year-old and five-year-old and then 15 and 17. So they're ready to, they're ready to spring the nest already. Um, you know, all layers of chaos. All la- honestly, you, I literally have to go from one parenting style to mm. the other. I'm literally like, Right, son, stop being a dickhead to, oh, look at you, look at you walking. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Fucking mental. Um, if you were to give um, somebody three key pieces of advice to pick themselves up who are struggling right now, based on your experience, I think a lot of people will have got a lot from you already. But if you were to summarize it into three bullet points, what would they be? Get to bed on time. 
because no one's fighting their way out of a bad situation on no sleep. So like do that for yourself. Love that. Secondly, go and speak to the right kind of people because they're going to give you perspective on where you're at and where you need to be. And number three, get out. And this is the mistake I think a lot of people make in uh, sort of self-development is they add things into their life rather than take things away. Firstly, take things away. So wherever there is friction in your life, whether it's people, environments, work, situate, try and take it away yeah. and create that freedom. So like you're just basically removing all the weeds and stuff so you can start to see the roses and the rhododendron at the back and stuff looking all pretty. Um, I think if you start to do those three things, you'll be a lot closer to knowing where you need to be and where you need to go. I love that. That's great. Ben, where can people find you, contact you, like follow you? Yeah, come have a follow Ben Coomba on social media, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you want. I've got a podcast as well, Ben Coomba Radio. If you think I've spoken some sense today, come come check me out. Come yeah. say hello. Mate, I appreciate your time. Time is very valuable. So thank you for coming on board. Um, I'll catch you anyway once we stop recording. So guys, um, please go and check out Ben. Um, ben, thank you very much. Um, thank we'll you. Catch you next time.